It's 4 o'clock in Los Angeles. I almost said Miami. It's 4 o'clock in Los Angeles. You know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. This week, starring Sick Lasto. Thank you, fake band. Thank you, fake audience. iCarly edition. Um, there we go. Where's that chat room? There you guys are. I am brain dead because I came down with a nasty old virus on Friday and uh, spent the better part of the weekend in bed. Uh, I'm, I'm just sick. And I just told Bria, if I cough, duck. Think about that. Uh, anyway, I have a roll of paper towels because Kleenex can't contain what I've got. I've got lozenges for the show, so I may be talking with a lozenge in my mouth. And that's it. Thank you, Marion. Uh, I plan on getting well soon. <clears throat> I'm froggy, to say the least. Oh, you know what I need? Because when you're froggy, the best thing in the world is rock star, baby. This stuff will eat through that gunk in your throat. I know because 10 minutes ago I spilled some on my wood desk and it ate the finish off. I'm not joking. Um, I feel a sneeze coming. <laughs> Chicken soup. There you go, Bob. Um, take zinc. I have. I am the world's. Everybody who works here would tell you there is no bigger fan of Zycam than I am. Um, and I swear it does lessen like flus and viruses on a but on a cold if you catch it on the first few hours with zycam get the spray kind they just improve the flavor they now have like a citrusy flavor and it's darn good so um spray it in this cheek and that cheek and then under your tongue do that three times a day your cold will be half as strong and last half as long there you go zycam i'm sending you a bill <clears throat> the chat is filling fast why is the chat filling fast? Actually, I need the cameraman to adjust his angle. Good job. Anyway, I feel like crap, but I'm excited about this episode. Um, and I want to thank Tony Anderson, Amanda West, Linda Cullum, Drew Richardson, Drew Richardson again, Neil Newton, Shannon Seifert, uh, Richard Domina, and Robbie Hancock for sending in tips. And I will get to these, I promise. Um, on my sick bed, <coughs> I wrote out uh, my list of success <laughs> resolutions for the new year. And they're so good. <laughs> I'll tell you, my brain is still working at like 40%. Well, I was going to say 40%. I can't even talk. 40% capacity. But we all know you only use 10% of your brain. So. Um, Bria's standing there, all ready to kick me. She's pointing today, trying to be polite. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You know what? I was watching there are two people, husband and wife. They're really cute, named Nate and Kara, and they travel the world and post these little daily videos of the two of them on a train in India. I learned all about there's a thing that's like a giant body wipe when you can't shower and you're camping. I forget what it's called, like mega wipe or something. And uh, it's like a bath towel size wipe. So yeah, if you ever bump into Kara and Nate on a train in India, you'll know that that's how they take their showers. Um, I can't remember why I was talking about them. Cher, 
like Sonny and Cher, right? Oh, the new one. I forget what this means. Notifications. notifications. Click the bell for notifications so it'll go bing when it's time for a new episode. And of course, don't forget to like us. Yes. So, oh, I'm giving away a book today, right? Um, their choice. And I'm going to show you what the books are now. Whoever wins the drawing today, and I'm only giving away one. I'm not giving away the whole stack, okay? So you, gotta, you get a choice of, would you like? So you want to become a media composer, which was um, done. Whoa, look how orange I am. That is so cool. Adonis Electris. Wow. <laughs> I'm easily entertained. Um, Adonis Electris wrote this book, and it's actually a bunch of interviews with amazing composers. It's really, really good. If you've ever read Paul Zolo's seminal work called Songwriters on Songwriting, this is kind of like that. It's more like Composers on Composing. Um, really good. And then we have the classic Demystifying the Cue by our very own Dean Crepane. Awesome book. If you haven't read this, you need to. We've got a copy of last week's guest, Shortcuts to Hit Songwriting by Robin Frederick, the amazing Robin Frederick. Look how orange I am. That's so cool. Who needs tanning lotion when you can just hold up a book? And the book that I always recommend that not nearly enough people own is Shortcuts to Songwriting for Film and TV because it is different than songwriting for radio and records. And this is the only book like this on the market. So just saying, if I were you and I won today's drawing, that would be the book I'd pick, except I actually got a free one because I publish it. Um, Marion Laird has read Songwriters on Songwriting. There you go, Marion. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, so without any further ado, let's get on with today's show and talk about 10 Music Success Resolutions for the New Year. Uh, number one, and honestly, I should have put more effort into the ordination, if that's a word, um, the order that these are in. I didn't order them as nicely as I would like. I gave it an attempt, but I'm telling you, I'm just plain stupid today. So number one is make a list of every song or instrumental track you finished in 2018. Some of you are going, hmm, I've got quite a few. But most of you, many of you, are thinking, uh, I didn't really finish anything. And that, my friends, is a problem. And I'll tell you why later, because I learned something new while boning up for this episode over the weekend in my <coughs> sick bed, while working to put on a good <clears throat> show for you guys, I actually discovered the reason that people don't finish stuff. <clears throat> So your first resolution is to quit lying to yourself. The reason so many people don't finish... Oh, this is my own take on it. The reason so many people don't finish creative endeavors is that they fear rejection if they present what they've done to people. If it remains unfinished, they always have the, it's not finished, it's not mixed, it's totally not ready to go yet. Card to play is their way of avoiding the pain of rejection. You know, even if they play the mostly finished thing for somebody, not the final mix. So they get a, a free pass, a get-out-of-jail card for the song, if you will. So make a list. Seriously, 
when the show's over, too, you can do it while I'm on the air. I don't care. But make a list of everything you finished in 2018. Uh, many of you are going to be shocked by, some of you will be shocked. I see Sherry's in the room and let's see, Hemley's in the room, Adriana's in the room. I mean, people I know that actually finished stuff, maybe a lot of stuff. Um, but if you look back and go, well, I almost finished that one. And then there's that other one that I, eh, it's kind of finished. Um, you know, how can you really be in the music industry? It's like saying I'm a painter, and but none of my paintings are done. Or I'm an actor, and I don't actually make it all the way through a scene. Um, or what else? I'm a contractor, but I don't finish your kitchen. Oh, I know that contractor. Take the money and don't come back for 10 weeks. <clears throat> anyway, I think I have to, it's lozenge time. <clears throat> Sorry, you guys. I was debating about just canceling the show today, but in the spirit of the show must go on, P.T. Barnum? I figured, what the hell, let's do it. So now you get to listen to me talk <clears throat> with a lozenge, or speak with a lozenge in my mouth. Okay, resolution number two. Figure out what it is that you want to accomplish and set realistic, achievable goals not pie in the sky. I know some people say, you know, make these lofty goals, shoot high. Um, I don't necessarily subscribe to that notion. You should start by making music that's at the intersection of what you're best at and what the industry needs. Ta-da! Nice, simple thought, easy to digest, and it makes a lot of sense. So let's say, and you know I love those alligator killing shows, being sarcastic for those of you who love animals. Um, you know, if you do acoustic guitar stuff really, really well, if you're a country songwriter, <clears throat> if you're a folky songwriter, an acoustic strummy singer-songwriter, um, there are shows, not just the swampy alligator-killing shows, but a lot of stuff on HGTV and a lot of other places that shows that have light, lilty, feel-good acoustic guitar cues, or maybe swampy guitar cues that are sometimes literally as simple as just one acoustic guitar playing like open, you know, open G, open C, open D, and just like brown, 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 simple is better. Sometimes it flies, very oftentimes it flies. So, you know, if acoustic guitar is your thing, why not identify the shows that use acoustic guitar cues, listen to those cues, take notes, analyze what works about the cues, how they're laid out, what the arrangement is like, what the structure and progression of everything is like, and sit down and bang some of those out. And after you complete one, think, okay, well, that one was kind of light and airy. Maybe I'm going to do one now that's minor chords, maybe a little more dour or sad or spooky, probably more uses for the up-tempo or up emotionally up stuff. But there, there is a market for that stuff. So if you already know how to play acoustic guitar well, if you already know how to record an acoustic guitar well, why not start out with what you do best and what the market wants? And then once you get some of those cues placed, then um, you're going to feel really good about yourself and then, you know, do more of those and get them into more libraries. And then at some point you can branch out and maybe try, 
you know, like stuff that's a combination of a drum kit and an acoustic guitar and a bass, simple little band, um, and then grow it from there. But don't try and launch your career doing cues by going after big orchestral stuff that requires a lot of expertise and a big learning curve, and it's daunting. You can work your way up to that, but if you just start out, you know, like trying to pole vault 22 feet, you're gonna fail. So do what my pole vaulting coach taught me in seventh grade, which is go for four feet. If you can go over four feet, then you can do six feet. If you can do six feet, you can do eight feet. And sometimes you get the end of the pole in your throat and you go, screw it, that's it, I'm done being a pole vaulter. Not that I've ever had that experience. Okay. Um, okay, so um, set achievable goals. You should start out by making music. Yeah, I did that already. Vague goals get vague results. It's just so much common sense, right? But sometimes I feel like people do, Bria's shaking her head. <laughs> I'm talking to Bria. Um, I mean, it, it just does make so much sense, but I think people don't take the time to actually think about their lives. So vague goals get vague results. Specific goals get specific results. Um, if your goal is to have success as an artist, think about the steps you need to take to achieve that goal and write them down. We've all heard that. Make a list, but you know what? Keep it short and, and succinct. Don't make the list so complicated that it reads like a novel and you never pay attention to it. Make it short and sweet and achievable. And just take that list, put it on your bathroom mirror, and every single morning when you brush your teeth, when you finish, you spit in the sink and you go tap, tap, tap with your toothbrush, put it away in a little cup in the corner, read those goals out loud. Make sure that your spouse is in another room so they don't laugh at you. But you know what? Someday when you're really successful because you read those goals in the bathroom and your spouse or significant other isn't, you can blame it all on the fact that they didn't have any post-it notes. If your goal is to do instrumental cues, that's a different path and different steps that you need to take then you need to take if you're trying to be an artist um, that's pitching song or or songwriter trying to pitch songs to other artists. So write those steps down in a very concise way and read them every morning and check them off as you accomplish them. It's, I mean, you've heard this a million times, but you'd be shocked by how many people who don't do it. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying so hard not to cough up a lung over here. Number three. Resolve that with whichever path you choose, spend one hour per night studying that type of music. You can accomplish that goal by watching a reality TV show night each night and taking notes about the music that you hear. It's a good idea to determine which shows use the type of music that you're best at and start by watching those shows. Duh, I know this stuff sounds like second grade material, but just saying. If you're doing songs, go to Spotify every night and spend an hour analyzing contemporary songs in the genre or style that you want to work in. And hopefully that's a genre or style that you are inherently comfortable with. Um, I'm going to say singer-songwriter because that one's so popular. And we've got a lot of taxi members that are older. They're not 25 years old. And the singer-songwriter stuff they write sometimes is really, really good, but it's pretty dated. Sounds kind of like James Taylor. And if, in case you haven't noticed, James Taylor hasn't had a radio hit in a very long time. Love you, James. Um, but 
nowadays, somebody like Bon Iver is considered a songwriter. It's three chords, it's got a melody, it's got an ethereal vibe, it's got lots of reverb, sounds like somebody strumming an acoustic guitar out in a forest sometimes, but you know what? If you can do James Taylor, you can do Bon Iver. You just have to change it up a little bit, get your head in a little different space and go for a different style within the genre that you're comfortable in. Um, let's see. Create a song map for those songs. You know, a lot of people just don't take the time to do that. Create a song map because that's important. Uh, you know, lay it out. How long is the intro? How many bars? Um, how many lines is the verse? Um, you know, is there anything between the verse and the chorus? Is there a pre-chorus? Um, is there a bridge? Those are the things that are important because you will find commonality. Ralph Murphy, I'm going to get something. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm not giving this one away, but this book, Murphy's Law of Songwriting, the book, um, Ralph Murphy is the king of analyzing common traits of hit songs in the past year. He is literally the undisputed king of that. Um, he talks about some of that in the book, but also you can find videos of him on Taxi TV and other places on YouTube. And he does a, an annual analysis that is better than anything I've ever seen out there. So if you want to find out, like, how many, what percentage of the hit songs on the pop charts in 2017, now we're 2018, um, had an intro, you can find that out. If you want to know how long the average intro was, you can find that out. If you want to know was the are the verses four line six line or eight line verses you can find that out so all that information is available does that mean you have to absolutely follow it no but you should know it and if you know it maybe at some point it'll just kind of through osmosis work its way into your craft and make it easier for you to write material that people actually want to listen to so there you go um the fourth resolution you're going to love me for this one. Actually, you're going to love Randon Purcell for this one. Get up at 4.30 a.m. every weekday and start a song or instrumental cue. Yes, folks, I said 4.30 a.m. Now, I sleep in till 6, but I'm not a songwriter and I'm not a composer. Um, so, you know what? If you've got a family and you've got a mortgage to pay, and you've got a full-time job, and you've got all these adult responsibilities, it's really, really, really hard to find the time to foster a good music career. And so many of the people that I've met over the last 27 years of running Taxi use that. It is by far the most overused excuse. I just don't have the time because I have a family, a job, a mortgage, blah, 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 right down to the goldfish. But you know what? If you really want to do this, do what Randon Purcell does. He mentioned it on a panel at the Road Rally. He mentioned it when he was on Taxi TV about six or eight weeks ago. He's a great guy, and he's got a full-time job. He's got a full-time family. Um, I'm sure he's got a mortgage to pay. But yet, the guy is creating a really nice secondary income stream, and he does it by getting up at 4.30 in the morning. 
Does he turn on the news and leisurely sip a cup of coffee and flip through the newspaper and look at Twitter, check out his, I'm looking for my phone, check out his Facebook, which I don't have on my phone. Um, no, he walks in the studio with a cup of coffee, he sits down, he turns on a switch and he hits a note and he starts. And I asked him, do you have a plan? Nope, some days I do because people have asked me for certain things, but a lot of days I don't. And I sit down and I write with purpose. Well, what does that mean? That means that I come up with a, a goal, a target, if you will, of something that I know is needed. So let's say that Randon does big orchestral cues that would be good for um, film trailers. He will sit down and go, okay, so I've written some spooky orchestral film trailers. I've written big bombastic ones, but I haven't written any tender-hearted romance cues. So, I mean, I'm not sure that he's actually done those, but you get my point. He sits down and figures out what it is he's going to do, and then he does it. And I asked him, how do you stay on, on track with that? And he goes, I have to think about it every now and then, because, you know, it's really easy when you're in a creative mode to just, like, wander, <laughs> you know, go down a rabbit hole, find yourself going astray from what your original purpose was. But take a Post-it note and write down, this is what I'm doing today, and stick it right in the corner of your computer monitor and keep reminding yourself, that's your goal for that day. By the way, on the daily writing thing, um, don't even worry about finishing it because you'll get bogged down. Do as much as you can, but don't worry about finishing it because what you're really doing, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like lifting weights. Yep, there's a weight. What is that? 15 pounds. Woohoo! Barbell. Um, you'd start with a 5, work up to a 10, and then a 15, and then you leave it on the floor next to your desk because you never use it. But you should use it. Don't do what I do. Do what I say. Um, start out small. Work your way up. So part of starting small, don't worry about finishing. Just get used to using the gear. Just get used to creating the habit of working on a daily basis. Because once it becomes a habit, you are endowed with that habit for the rest of your life and you will find yourself far more productive than everybody else you know because they don't have that habit. So now you've got five pieces of mostly unfinished music that you've done during the week, right? So what do you do on the weekends? You go back and you pick the one that is most likely to be finishable. And I just invented that word and you finish that one on a weekend. And don't give up on that one till it's done. But don't strive for perfection because the music supervisors that are gonna use that piece of music could really not give a damn about perfection. They care about usability. They're not looking for the most genius composer. They're not looking for, oh my gosh, I've never heard a melody like that before. They're looking for something that conveys an emotion <coughs> and a mood in a film, right? So you should be far more interested if it makes you feel proud when you listen to it, like it would make an audience have that lump in their throat kind of pride, um, or something that would make people cry, or something that would make people reach over and grab their honey's hand and squeeze it because, oh, I love you like the people up there on the screen love each other. Um, so there you go. <clears throat> on the weekend, finish one of your five unfinished pieces. I've been doing a lot of finger wagging today. The fifth resolution, 
I should have put this on stone tablets because they're that important. Act consistently. If you make excuses and deviate from your routine, you will never develop a solid routine, right? Randall Purcell does his work early in the morning. That habit has worked out really well for him. He's a shining example of, I want this, therefore I've got to figure out a way to make it work. And getting up at 4.30 and doing my thing is how it works. No family to bother him, um, no work responsibilities to bother him. Maybe he's got a dog or a cat that sits at his feet and bothers him a little bit. Number six, the sixth resolution on my stone tablet is keep lists of your favorite sounds and what they work best for. Because you will undoubtedly, when you sit down on day number one for your little muscle building exercise, you will undoubtedly spend 30, 40, 50 minutes just finding a string sound that you like, or just finding a bass sound that you like, or the right EQ for an acoustic guitar. Let me know if you see anything run down on my face. I'll wipe it off. Um, find those sounds beforehand. Take one day that's not one of your five days and sit down and go through your patches and go, nope, 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 ooh, write it down. Nope, 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 yep, write it down. And make yourself a little book. It's like your little cheat sheet for if I want Motown sounding drums, these are the three kits that sound the best. If I want um, funky 1978 bass, these four bass sounds work really well for that. Pretty soon, you've got an arsenal of tools that you can use at will rather than having to spend your creative time when you should be writing a piece, finding the emotion, finding the heart of the piece, you're busy tweaking a bass sound to try and make it sound like a Motown bass, and it doesn't. Just go through every bass you've got and find the one that sounds good out of the box, okay? Um, let's see if I have... Yeah, build... To, oh, then go a step further. All of our successful members, especially the guys working in film and TV cues, um, instrumental stuff, and in songs as well, will tell you they have templates they use templates. When they want to do something that's Motown, they've already got a template for it. So when Random Purcell walks into his studio at 4.32 a.m. with his cup of coffee, he can say, okay, today I've got to create a Motown sounding cue because this library asked me for it. And he already knows which template to pull up so he doesn't have to get off track on the creative aspect of what he's doing. Because coming up with sounds is really not that creative, right? It's the melody, it's the feel, it's the vibe, and the mood and the emotion that are the creative part. The sounds, not as important. People are going, oh my God, that's heresy. He said the sounds are not that important. They're not that important when you're creating. You know, frankly, they're not all that important later on either. They've got, there is a certain bar that they've got to meet. But I'm telling you, if you were at the road rally and watched Laurel Ostrander, the video editor who did a great job, great presentation, um, and I asked her, you know, how important is it to have great string sounds? Uh, and she said, yeah, they just need to be passable in so many words. Um, I asked her, you know, what are the, what's the most important thing? And she said, a great beginning. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, a great beginning, an interesting middle that gives me options, and a great ending to get out on. So those things were far more important to her. Now, 
when you get back a taxi critique and it says your string sounds sound like they're coming out of a you know a Casio from 1994, therefore we can't forward it. Yes, it's possible that editor would use it, but the person between taxi and the editor is the music library. And the music library wants to have great sounding stuff in there because that's their standard that they live by. So they can't have a great sounding piece with mediocre strings because it kind of casts a bad shadow on the whole operation, on their entire catalog. So they are, in fact, pickier than the supervisors who use their catalog. I'm always listening to stuff on TV and in amazement going, how did that end up on TV? Because that editor, that show, that production is using a grade C plus library because they got it cheap, probably did a really cheap blanket on it or maybe even a free blanket because they're only taken back in. And um, that's how that crappy sounding string sound got into that show. So there's always a reason, but do you want your music to live in a C-plus library? Those are pretty easy. You know, anybody can send their stuff in as long as it doesn't suck. It'll end up in the library. And then you can sit down at dinner and tell your wife and kids, hey, guess what? Daddy got a publishing deal today. I have a publisher. And I understand why that makes you feel good. I really do. That is an accomplishment of sorts, but it's, you know, it's like saying I did a Black Diamond ski run on Nintendo Wii. Not quite the same. Um, okay. Where are we? We are on resolution number seven. Join the taxi forum and become an active member. Lurking every now and then is better than not visiting at all, but coming out of the shadows and becoming an active participant will help you become successful in several ways. And all I've got is a number one. <laughs> I think I fell asleep while I was writing this one. Seriously. Um, number one, you'll meet people and get informed opinions instead of watching from the sidelines. Even people who, this is true, even, not that I would lie to you, but even people who are horribly shy, not just mildly shy, not just a little bit shy, but I mean people that hate to look in the mirror when they shave in the morning, they're so shy. Even those people tell me that they find that the the community on the forum is so welcoming and so helpful. It's like the road rally people, that they really can't believe it. And then they kick themselves in the butt going, shoot, I should have been a, a member of this forum, which is free at forums with an S dot taxi dot com. Um, they missed out on years of learning and networking and finding collaborators and getting advice from people who are really giving and generous. Um, and helpful versus a lot of the other forums online. It's like, dude, you call that music? Ain't that kind of place. The taxi forum is super well known amongst the people who actually use it as being a place with an incredible support system. And, and it's so underrated because it kind of got overshadowed by Facebook. But you know what? Um, I mean, forums in general, not just the taxi forum, but the whole methodology, the whole forum structure. Look. Facebook is great, but it, it's instant. You know what I mean? The good news is it's instant. The bad news is it's instant and it's ephemeral. Here, one minute, gone the next. So um, the forum is like a living, breathing document that's constantly getting added to and the stuff stays there forever. So it just keeps getting better and more informative with every passing week. And the forum has been up now, I think, for 14 or 15 years. The amount of information contained in that forum is mind-blowing. 
Anybody who is a successful taxi member will tell you that the forum was the launching pad in many ways for them. Um, sorry, I'm chewing a cough drop. Isn't that cool? Um, let's see. Oh, um, collaborators. The forum is a great place to meet collaborators. People get to know you, they trust you, and you should contribute on the forum. Go into like the peer-to-peer -peer section. And if you hear somebody that's asking a question about, you know, d does this singer-songwriter song work? And you're really good at singer-songwriter stuff, and you want, don't be shy about telling them. Just do it in a nice professional way and say, it's, it's a great song. I really like the verses. I really like the chorus, but I've never heard a song that's crying out for a bridge as badly as this one. So you should really think about doing a bridge. And here's a, a link to somebody who's a songwriting expert on YouTube that can tell you how to write a great bridge. That's the way, uh, rather than you spending hours looking for something on how to write a great bridge, other people have already been there, they've done it, and they will turn you on to it. So. Once you become part of that community and you are their friend and their trusted friend, their buddy, like these folks, I'm looking at the chat room in Taxi TV right now. These people drink together every Monday at four o'clock, no matter where they are in the world, and they are all over the world. They find that <clears throat> this show makes them want to get drunk. So they sit down and they talk about drinking limoncello or whiskey, um, and, and it's a community. It's not about me, it ain't about taxi, it's about woohoo. But it is a community nonetheless. And a community fosters support for one another. We see it whenever there's a hurricane <clears throat> or wildfires or an earthquake, communities come together. That's what the Taxi Forum does. Excuse me. <clears throat> okay, where am I? Oh, we are on New Year's resolution number eight. My, how time flies when you're having fun. <clears throat> Resolve to watch or listen to every episode of Taxi TV from this day forward. And I'm not saying that facetiously, but if there was one thing that I heard over and over and over and over again to the point of, are these people on drugs? At the road rally, it was people walking up to me going, I watch Taxi TV and I've learned so much. To me, it feels like a hangout. Yes, I do teach stuff. The guests teach stuff. It's a learning environment, but really it's a group of friends hanging out every week. Apparently, the information is much better than I think it is because people compliment it all the time and I can see the sincerity in their eyes. So um, people who are our most successful members have almost to the person told me that they've gone back as far as they can. I don't believe that we've got nine or 10 years of episodes up on YouTube because a lot of the stuff we used to do it all on, um, what was that called, Ustream. Oh, good old Ustream, love you guys. Um, <laughs> um, we miss you so much. Um, anyway, uh, the stuff is still on Ustream and uh, you can email taxitv at taxi.com. Do we have that address? Taxitv at taxi.com, and Bria will give you a link to send you back to Ustream so you can look at really old episodes. There is some great stuff in there. The episode with the uh, children's lawn furniture explaining how to mix. Classic. you got to watch. actually might be on our, I oh, yeah? that one's on our YouTube page. Okay, Bria says she thinks that one came over. Anyway, um, all I can tell you is that 
I am not even exaggerating it by that much when I tell you that our best members all swear by Taxi TV. So they swear by the forums, they swear by Taxi TV. I am not making this stuff up. I don't get paid if you watch Taxi TV. I don't make a penny if you go to the forums. All I get is satisfaction of knowing that the effort we put into helping you guys learn about the entire environment, not just pitching your music, but you know, like the etiquette when somebody responds and says, I'd like to sign your music or questions you might have about general and, and typical business practices within the part of the industry you wanna be a part of. All that stuff is contained on the forum or in these episodes. Um, so there you go. Um, oh, I made a note. If you haven't seen the Taxi 101 episode, watch it. I think there's a 101A and a 101B. Watch them both. Because there's so much stuff in there that helps. These are questions that virtually all new Taxi members think about. Most don't ask. And then many of them walk away with their tail between their legs after six months or a year and go, the taxi just didn't work out for me. Well, of course not. You submitted three songs over a period of a year and you took songs from your CD that you did in 1998 and pitched them at every possible listing that didn't fit for them. And then taxi sucks. Those guys just didn't get me. Nobody will get music from 1998 unless they're looking for old music. So we get with the program. Um, moving on to number nine. Oh, I also made another note here that if, uh, if you haven't watched the episodes with, featuring Chuck Henry, amazingly wonderful person, Stephen Baird, also a wonderful person, Matt Hurt, Matt just moved back. He's probably just landed in Switzerland today. Bye, Matt. Um, and Bob Meddy, you are missing out. Oh, and the recent one with Random Purcell. Those are some of the best episodes ever. These guys are literally giving you the keys to the kingdom. All you have to do is watch it, take some notes, and just do what they do. It's that easy. Excuse me. Um, resolution number nine. Tell every single person that you are close to exactly what your goal is and what your timeline is to accomplish it. Why? because you will be embarrassed beyond all possible comprehension if you fail in front of them. I've always said the only reason Taxi is a success is because I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of my kids. I didn't want my children to see me fail. So the nights that I was sitting there working at two or three o'clock in the morning and I just wanted to cry, I literally had, you know, there were weeks where I worked just ridiculous hours. And if somebody rang, called the 800 number in the middle of the night, it rang through to our home phone because our bedroom was the office. Uh, I would sit up in bed after sleeping for an hour and a half and go, taxi, can I help you? Um, and usually it was some drunk dude asking for a cab. Anyway, fear of failure is in fact a great motivator. Um, and, and the more detailed you can be in telling people, um, the more it will stick because if you're vague, it's, yeah, I'm thinking about like, you know, maybe getting involved with the music thing again, it's not going to work. If you say to every family member you've got, do it at Christmas dinner, do it at Thanksgiving, do it at birthdays, do it at church, do it anywhere you can, where you're with a group of people and say, I have decided that I am going to be a television composer. 
And I've been working toward that goal and I'm trying to do, you know, an hour and a half, two hours every morning and do six hours on a weekend. If you tell enough people, pretty soon they'll start asking you, how's that composer thing going? And the last thing you want to do is go, I'm a lazy SOB and it didn't go anywhere because I just didn't get around to finishing anything. I'm a failure. I'm a big fat loser. Nobody wants to say that. Actually, I can think of one person I know that reveled in that. We won't mention his name. Um, fear of failing in front of the people you love is a far greater motivator than the fear of failure. So fear of failure, one level. Next level, fear of failure in front of the people you love or love you because you're afraid they won't love you anymore if you're a big fat loser. Um, resolution number 10. Go to the taxi road rally. Oh, but Michael, that requires me leaving my couch, getting out of my comfort zone and flying cross country to do it. Tell that to people that come from Hong Kong and Sydney, Australia and South America and God only knows where. Um, you know what? I've never had anybody travel for 15 to 24 hours, come to the road rally and go, oh my God, I can't believe you talked me into that. It sucked. It so wasn't worth the cost of the plane flight or my time. They all come up to me and say, I am so happy that I finally got around to doing this. But you can't wait forever to do it because every year that you're not doing it is just one year later that you're, you're disrespecting yourself. You're saying, I am not that important. My career, my dreams, my goals are not that important. So I can just push them off. Is that the way you want to live your life? Really? All you have to do is just do what you know works. You've seen hundreds of people, thousands of people, and, and you've seen it work for them. Why is it that you think it won't work for you? That can only be some sort of symptom of low self-esteem because if you don't have low self-esteem, then you can look at the successful people and look at yourself and go, I can be like them. They're out there on the periphery. You can't actually see them, but I'm surrounded by successful people on that side and people who want to be successful on that side. They're just not on camera. Number 11, because did you think I would actually stop at 10? Hell no. Resolve to think of yourself as a musician who is on who is on his or her way to becoming successful. Mental mindset. I never thought I would fail at taxi. I would not fail at taxi because of that fear of failing in front of my family. So the only option was to succeed. Stop thinking and acting like a musician who believes that the industry owes you a living. Nobody owes you a living but you. Nobody owes you a successful career but you. Nobody else can do it for you unless you can teach your kids to come in and play all the parts. You got to do it. You got to man up. Can I say that nowadays? I'm probably going to get in trouble. Don't send letters. Got to man up. You got to woman up. You got to people up. Just up. Do it. Um, stop thinking and acting. Yeah, I said that already, but I'm going to say it again. Stop thinking and acting like a musician who believes the industry owes you a career because that's what you've always wanted. Wah, 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 wah. You know what? There are a lot of things I want, but if I really want something badly enough, I'm going to find a way to get it. And so if you've been wanting a career in the music industry for three years, five years, 10 years, or multiple decades and you don't have it yet, 
Who is to blame? Well, let me think. Hmm, I'm going to blame the music industry because they're trying to keep me out. No, they're not. They're looking for hits. I'm going to blame the executives at the record companies because they wouldn't know talent if they heard it. Hmm. Sometimes they do because they sign stuff that ends up becoming a hit. Again, they are looking for something wonderful. They want to find hits. They're not trying to... Do you think... Do you honestly think executives in the music industry wake up in the morning and go, ha, 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 what can I do to break the hearts of musicians all day long? I'm sure they've got something better to do than worrying about breaking your heart. The only reason you're not successful is, is because of you. Your willingness to do the work. So that's resolution number 11 is do the work. Um, part of that that I wrote down. Uh, oh, if you... Um, oh, the industry doesn't owe you anything. But if you stop believing the dozens of toxic old wives' tales that musicians have passed down from generation to generation, you can start thinking and acting like somebody who will become successful. I remember when I was about 10 years old, I was in a band. I can't remember the name of the band. Anyway, um, it was my friend Johnny Shaley and Walt Willie and I were in a band. It had something to do with the devil. I think we were a devil-worshipping band. Now, it was... I remember our logo had a devil with a, a trident and a spiky little tail on the dude, but I can't remember the name of the band. Anyway, there was an older guy in the neighborhood. He's like 13, 14, 15 years old. He was really cool because he was in junior high. Um, he had a really nice bicycle <laughs> with, with uh, you know, those with the banana seat and the race handlebars. And his name was Gene, if I remember correctly. And that dude actually had a bass and a bass amplifier. So we all thought he was cool as beans and that he must know everything because he was older and owned a bass amp and a bass guitar. And that guy would just spew stuff about nobody's ever going to make it in the music industry. You know, whatever his parents were telling him, he would tell us and we believed him because we were stupid. And you know what? Gene ended up working in a quarry somewhere doing nothing with music. I don't think that dude played a note of music ever since he graduated high school. So he gave up on the dream because he was buying the BS that somebody was handing him. You know why he was buying the BS? Because it was easier to buy the BS, easier to blame the industry than it was to look at himself in the mirror while he's shaving every morning and brushing those teeth and going, I'm a big fat loser because I didn't make a list of things to check off as I accomplished them. Goals, people, goals. Um, some of my favorite excuses that people play like bad tapes over and over in their head is the industry is out to rip me off. Not so much. Maybe every now and then. But you know what? If, if that's get ripped off, let somebody rip off a cue. So what? It's a cue. Go write another one. Um, they're not going to steal your song because there are better songs out there from professional songwriters. If you're going to steal, steal from the best. Um, Another reason people don't, uh, you know, one of the bad tapes, the old wives' tales that they play in their head is, I hate the music I hear today. So do something about that. There is good music out there. You just got to find it. Um, oh, this one's a classic. It's a lottery and I don't stand a chance. <laughs> you know what? You do stand a chance. Lottery is just pure chance. 
music industry is am I making the right music for the right thing at the right time? You can totally skew your chances of winning the music industry lottery. Um, another classic is my music is better than what I hear from other people. Really? If it's so damn good, you would think people be beating a path to your door. Taxi won't work for me. The people who are successful using it are just lucky. Tell Random Purcell that at 4.31 a.m. someday. Virtually every one of our successful members has a positive attitude and has been willing to simply, <laughs> I wrote, dimply do the work and stay the course. So, dimply. Um, man, oh man. I, you know, Chuck Henry, positive, funny, life-loving individual. Uh, let's see, Randon Purcell. The guy just has such a great attitude. Um, Matt Hurt, amazingly humble, yet confident and accomplished at the same time. Uh, who else am I leaving out? Um, oh, I know who I'm leaving out. Matt Vanderbow. There he is. Right there he is, smiling Matt Vanderbow. MVB. That dude is an inspiration. He's seriously focused, extremely hardworking, the nicest guy you'll ever want to meet, and just funny as all get out. The guy is always laughing. He is going to be wealthy someday because his attitude is so incredibly good. Okay, uh, resolution number 12. Stop believing that all you have to do is create a few awesome pieces of music and that somebody will hear your music and the pearly gates will open up and tons of money will start rolling in. It's so not true. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. You've heard that from your fellow members a thousand times. Believe it and live with it because if you want to be successful, just keep running the marathon. You can't run a sprint. Nothing's got I me. Mean, you know what? I'm just so full of crap today. I'm lying on my butt. We actually had a guy come in the office the other day who used to be a taxi member and is now signed to APG, which is a division of Atlantic Records. His parents, when he graduated, I think the guy's about 24 years old, very nice guy from the UK. When he graduated from Berkeley, his parents gave him enough money to live for two months and said, go ahead. Go be a rock star. I'll be damned. The guy actually got himself a writer. I don't know if it's a writer or an artist deal. I know it's got a songwriting component. I think maybe a writer-producer deal with um, APG, which I said is a division of Warners and Atlantic. And um, Tom and I were both in the room with, the, with him the other day, and both of us said, I can think of one other person I've known in the industry that had that kind of good fortune. Now, he's very talented. He's already had... In like two years, he's had two number one singles already. That's something. Um, that one might have had a little bit of luck. He had to have the talent to back it up, but that one was a little bit of luck, so I can't say that I've never seen it happen. Um, number 13, resolution number 13 is resolve that you will realize that working every day with purpose and starting out with simple instrumental cues will help you build your writing and producing muscle which will spill over in the form of having chops to do whatever kind of music it is you want to do. I know I talk a lot about doing cues. Um, doing cues. <laughs> I should have brought some helium for the show today. <clears throat> anyway, you know what? Uh, Stephen Baird is a great example. He does a lot of EDM. 
And he did a lot of EDM cues for film and TV, and he got to be so good at it that he could like produce EDM tracks for records now. So if your goal is to become a writer-producer on the record side of the industry, why not get paid for learning while doing cues so that you're using the, that gear, using those muscles, using that mindset, and creating that routine that keeps you focused every day until you get to be so good, so confident, and so, I don't know, good with your arsenal of tools in front of you that you could go out and write a hit song and produce a hit track. You don't have to stay with cues for the rest of your life, although it's pretty good living if you do it right. Number 14, resolve that you won't fear being judged when you create new music. It's the music that's being judged. Music that's being judged, he said, not you personally. And if somebody doesn't like that song or instrumental track, I think we call that SFW. Think about it. So what? Um, so what if they don't like it? Big deal. You're going to write another one. You know what? Three months from now, you won't like it. A year from now, you'll hate it. So if somebody doesn't like it, if a taxi screener doesn't like it, big deal. Uh, number 15, resolve that making great music is like hitting great golf shots. If you do it every day, you will become really good at it. Everybody knows the story of Tiger Woods since the kid was like two and a half years old. His old man used to take him out in the golf course and beat the living crap out of him if he didn't hit a million golf balls a day. I'm exaggerating. Um, maybe he didn't beat him up, but he did make him hit a million golf balls a day. He still hits a million golf balls a day. Why? Because repetitive muscle motion makes you better. Well, the same thing is true of making music. If you do it every day, you just get better at it. There's no denying it. Do anything every day and you're going to get better at it. Look at that. I'm at the end of my list. One more to go. Resolve that you will treat music like a business. Remember what my dad always says, if you treat it like a hobby, it'll pay it like a hobby. Radio. I had actually had somebody, I believe, on the member panel at this year's Road Rally said, we all know if you treat it like a hobby, it'll pay you like a hobby. I so wished my dad was there to hear that because <clears throat> that was definitely lifted from him by me, given to those guys, and they were using it at the Road Rally. Yay. Okay. So there's my list. Now let's see. How am I giving this book away? Did I, are we doing a drawing or the best? Um, you were deciding the best, uh, the best tip. Okay. Best tip wins a book. All right. Tip number one. This is from Tony Anderson. You'll see it when you believe it. I get it. You'll see it when you believe it. So if you don't believe that you can do it, it ain't going to happen in so many words. You got to believe it. And look, we've all got doubts. I've been running this company for 27 years. Holy crap. Um, I still have doubts. I still wonder if I'm the right guy to run the company. I still wonder if I'm doing the right thing every time I make a decision. But at some point, you just have to go, okay, somebody's got to do it, so I'm going to do it. Well, in your case, you got to do it. So Tony Anderson's advice, his resolution is, you'll see it when you believe it. <clears throat> Excuse me a moment. Ah, refreshing. Amanda West says, never, ever give up. How are you, Amanda? Is she in the chat room tonight? I haven't seen her. Um, 
Drew Richardson says <clears throat> his resolution is, pardon me, four songs your concept should fit on a pinhead. I think about this. <laughs> Get a title that describes the concept and make sure every verse and bridge leads to that title. That I believe. Um, the pinhead. Hmm. You have to get one of those people that can put your full name on a grain of rice, I guess, to put the lyric on a pinhead. Avoid the songwriter's assumption by making sure, uh, avoid songwriter's assumption by making sure that any listener can tell you what the song is about in one short sentence. That advice has improved my songwriting to no end. <clears throat> I'm afraid if I clear my throat any harder in that direction, something's going to end up on my monitor, and that's not going to be pretty. Um, Drew Richardson says, failure is the greatest lesson on the path to success. That is so true. Neil Newton says, attend a road rally. I'm a little partial, maybe a little biased, but I tend to agree with Neil. It's life-changing. We don't lie about that. We don't make that up. We don't even exaggerate it. For the vast majority of people that come, they would tell you this event was life-changing for me. And it's not just life-changing in the same way for everybody. For some people, it's life-changing because they realize they can make friends. They're not as shy as they thought they were. Other people, it's life-changing because they realize, gee, I want to be a rock star, but actually film and TV stuff sounds pretty interesting to me. Or maybe it's life-changing because they pitch their song on a pitch panel and the A&R person sitting on the panel said, this is great, but it needs a bridge. And they went, wow, I never would have thought of that on my own. So that changed their life. Maybe not as, you know, big picture change, but a change. Shannon Seifert says, don't give up on your dreams. Also, boredom is for boring people. I'm going to think about that one. Boredom is for boring people. I gotta highlight that one and think about it tonight while I get back into my sick bed. I literally can't wait to get out of here tonight, go crawl between the sheets. I think I have a little fever. Um, Rich Demona's success tip is, if you really believe your music is good and others will like it, not just you, then success is set in motion and we just need to show up a lot. So if you really believe your music is good, and others will like it, not just you, parenthetically, then success is set in motion and we just need to show up a lot. I'm going to argue with that one just a little bit because I've met some people that are absolutely convinced their music is good and it's not really very good yet. Um, I, I think that you need to realize that you've got something going and that you've got a passion for it. And why not expend your energy and your focus on something that you're passionate about that you've wanted to do your whole life? Um, and if your music isn't quite good enough, I don't know that a lot of people can actually judge their own music that well. It's really hard to be objective. Hard to be objective. <laughs> um, but look, if you can be objective and you go, you know, at least it's a song. It's got an intro. It's got a verse. It's got a chorus. It's got a bridge. It's got a melody that doesn't meander and people can remember it. Um, it's got a lift going into the chorus. You know, it's got some elements there. Realize and be honest with yourself that that's where you're at. That's a pretty good start. And then uh, work on it from there. So that's the showing up part is just 
4.30 in the morning, five days a week. I wonder how many people watching this show are actually going to wake up at 4.30. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to say, I'm going to start on January 2nd. They're going to put it off a few days. And you know what happens when you put it off? You won't do it. So don't put it off. Do it tomorrow morning. I want everybody who wakes up at 4.30 tomorrow to email TaxiTV at Taxi.com and tell Bria that you actually got up at 4.30 in the morning and started working on your music. Okay? Do that. I want to know. I'm like friggin' Santa Claus. I want to know who's naughty and nice. Um, and last but not least, Robbie Hancock comes in with... I should have had Robbie do the show today. He's got 10 tips in here. And Robbie is, in fact, becoming successful. Um, I'm very, very proud of him. Success tips. Number one. Oh, hold on. We need a prop for this one. Whee. Write, submit, forget, repeat. Write, submit, forget, repeat. Don't dwell after you've submitted it and think, are they going to afford it? Are they going to afford it? Are they going to afford it? Because every minute you're thinking, are they going to afford it? You could be writing your, excuse me, <laughs> that was a rock star burp if ever there was. Every minute that you are wasting worrying about if we're going to forward it or not is time that you could be using writing your next thing. Because this is a volume business. It's a penny business, film and TV cues specifically. It's a penny business, um, sometimes a dollar business, sometimes tens, sometimes hundreds, sometimes even thousands. But you've got to write a lot and you've got to do it every day. You can't crank out one or two cues a month and expect much to happen with that career. So stop fretting, start writing, submitting, forgetting, and repeating. And if you find out that you've been forwarded by the taxi screener, don't sit there waiting for the phone to ring. Just keep writing because it might take that person on the receiving end a week, a month, six months, maybe even seven years. I think that's the record. Seven years for an entity in the music industry to get back to a member saying, I got this song from Taxi. Um, write, submit, forget, and repeat. Truer words were never spoken on this show. Um, number two, fail fast. Absolutely right. I could not agree with Robbie more because if you don't fail, it means you're not doing. If you're not doing, you can't succeed. So do, 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 fail, 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 and get back up. It's not about how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get back up. Never, ever give up. It's true. I've said this on the show a hundred times. The winner is always the last person on the field. Number four. Pick up the guitar and open the DAW. And he doesn't mean open the DAW like I'm from Boston and I talk funny. He means open the DAW like digital, um, what does that stand for? Digital audio workstation. I got that right, right? Bree's giving me like the big vote of confidence over there. <coughs> Pick up the guitar and open the DAW. Don't listen to the naysayers. That's number five. That's right. Naysayers, that's like going out with your drinking buddies when you're trying to kick your alcohol habit. Forget those people. If they say nay, don't hang out with them. Screw them. Leave them. Um, and if it's your family saying nay, 
get a new family. You know, I'm kidding, right? I don't want to get letters from people going, I can't believe you dissed my family. I'm not. I'm just joking around. Um, number six, surround yourself with five people that are already succeeding at what you want to do. Absolutely. Surround yourself with five people who are already succeeding at what you want to do. And where do you find those five people? You won't find them from that guy, Gene, that played bass and had the bass amp in junior high. <clears throat> no, you will find those people on the taxi forum at forums.taxi.com. You will find them at the road rally next November. Do you know the dates of next year's rally? Um, yes, I think it's... Uh, don't... Give me a sec. I'll get okay. it for sure. All right, Bria will post the dates for the next road it's rally. September, uh, sorry, September, <laughs> November 7th through the 10th. So, yes, I was right. November 7th through the 10th. And you guys should know that when I signed that contract about six months ago, that we actually took into account that if we did it a week earlier, we would have been stepping on the toes of Halloween and we didn't want to disappoint your kids or your sugar habit. So, there you go. Um, <clears throat> number seven. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help. So true. I was so desperate for help one time. I went to one of those um, meetings they have with uh, the elder statesmen of small businesses. I think it was through the um, SBA, Small Business Administration. <laughs> and I sat there for a half an hour telling this elderly gentleman, who was probably about 78 to 80 years old, telling him about my great idea for this company called Taxi that was going to help musicians get their music to record companies, publishers, and film and TV music supervisors. And I finished up my elevator speech and he said, young man, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. I can't help you. <laughs> oh, that was a funny day. I remember uh, just walking out of there laughing at the irony of that, that I went there for help. And the, but at least the guy was honest, right? Young man, I can't help you. Um, number eight, do the work. Ooh, hang on. Visual aid coming right up. Look at that dude. What's he doing? Why, he's doing the work by Stephen Pressfield. Classic book. Read this book. Robbie, I bet you read this book, right? Absolutely. I, I would say 80% of our successful members have read this book. Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield. And if you really want to get busy, read the companion book. called The War of Art, also by the aforementioned Mr. Pressfield. These books, look, they're really short. Anybody can read the book. That book, that's like, let's see, how many pages? 90, 98 pages. And look, they're really short pages with big font, <laughs> a big font. So you could read this at night before you go to bed like tonight, order it from Amazon right now. Do the work, amazon.com, don't pay attention to me. Buy the book, read the book, live the book, be the book. Um, number nine, take breaks and mix at low volumes. That's great advice, but you know what? 
Don't take a break in front of a TV set because you won't come back. Take a break and read, do the work. It will inspire you to go back and work longer and harder and better. Excuse me. Um, low volume. I wish I had worked at low volume. <laughs> Number 10, watch taxi TV. Spend time on the forums. And for the love of God, <laughs> go to the road rally. He actually put that in there. For the love of God, go to the road rally. You know, sometimes I think about, should I turn taxi into a church or a cult? I mean, when I look out at that ballroom of a thousand people, I stand up there and I think, there's got to be more we can do with this room full of people. So for the love of God, go to the road rally. I guess we're voting for a church today. And with that, <clears throat> we are done. And I've got to say, as much as I enjoyed those other tips, <clears throat> excuse me, Robbie Hancock wins the book of his choice because he had so many good tips. <clears throat> Eric, if I hold that over there, you can't hear me clear my throat. Tom Seldon says, my dad used to accuse me of doing unwork. That sounds like something out of... Uh, what was the movie with uh, Gene Wilder and the candy guy? Yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, that one, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That would be like an unwork thing. Um, Scott Hansen, watch it, buddy. Um, <laughs> oh, dear God, Scott Hansen, you crack me up, and you're so unbelievably inappropriate. Um, did you know that the Me Too movement was started just because of Scott Hansen. Let's lay the whole thing off on him. I'm kidding, Scott. Um, Mojo Bone says, I got accused of jazz in church the other day. I think he meant accused of jazz. Anyway, um, okay, Robbie Hancock, I know for a fact You've got one of these already, right? I know for a fact you've got one of these already. Whoa, look how orange I am. That's so cool. Look at that. Who needs to go to a tanning booth? I don't know for a fact if you have one of these. And I don't know for a fact if you have one of these. Let me see if I've got any other books in my stash that you may not have. I have the world's biggest stash of music books. Ew, that book has mold on it. Do you have that? All You Need to Know About the Music Business by Donald S. Passman. Let's see what else I've got. Here's a doozer. The Songwriter Survival Guide by Judy Stakey. You got that one, right? Um, Eric Clapton, no, won't give that one away, but here, check this out. Mm, uh, guess whose handwriting that is? Yours truly.
Do you have a copy of this one? Writing production music for TV by Steve Barden? Okay, it's time to pick your poison. Which book do you want? Robbie Hancock. Writing production music for TV. Songwriter Survival Guide. All you need to know about the music business. Probably autographed by Don Passman himself. No. So you want to become a media composer by Adonis Electris, who I should mention, Adonis gave me that statue of the nice naked lady. Thank you, Adonis. I think she's famous. Um, or Demystifying a Cue. And just because I love to plug these books, I'm sure you've already got them. Shortcuts to Songwriting for Film and TV. Or Shortcuts to Hit Songwriting. Robbie Hancock, this is your moment. Damn, I wish I still had my little box with the drum roll in it. Which one do you want? So you want to become a media composer. Yay! Excellent choice, Robbie. And there you go. Bria, would you kindly send that to Robbie? Even though it says, Michael, my career would not have been the same without you and Taxi. <laughs> Adonis, my friend, you're going to have to send me another copy because this autographed copy is going to our friend Robbie Hancock. Yay, Robbie. I am very grateful for all those great tips you sent in. All right. Any questions? We've got a few minutes left. If you guys have any questions, I will be happy to answer them. I'm not sure if I'm doing a show next Monday because it will be Christmas Eve. And if I'm the best thing you've got to do on Christmas Eve, you have a pathetic life. <laughs> Actually, I did think about doing one earlier in the day, and maybe we could have like a little eggnog party or something, because I know how you guys love. Um, let's see. Thank you, several of you are saying take care. Thank you, I will. My wife is gonna make me chicken soup tonight. I actually caught this from, well, could be our granddaughter, could be my wife, but it's floating around the Lasco household. You know things are bad when Deb and I are sleeping in separate bedrooms because we keep waking each other up, coughing up a lung. <laughs> and sadly, she's in the bedroom next to the master bedroom. I kicked her outside of our daughter's bedroom, but she's got the better mattress. She's got the one, the three inch memory foam um, thing on top. And I can hear Deb coughing through the wall. She can hear me snoring through the wall. <laughs> uh, do a show next week and wear a Santa hat. Possibly. Um, hey, Britt, I'm glad to see you in the chat room. Um, I thanked you for sending me the lovely taxi scarf and the other stuff and actually held a picture of you and your little boy up. Um, and I'm not sure you were in the chat room that week, so thank you again for the scarf. I actually wore it on the episode. Um, Ed Smeron says, this would be my first taxi Christmas. I thought the requests would slow down, but no. I gotta tell you, we are all shocked by how many requests are coming in. There are a couple of libraries, one in particular um, in London that it was a small but um, high quality library and I think they brought on an investor and bought out a larger library and they're expanding the hell out of it 
And frankly, they are so in love with the music that they're getting from Taxi that we could literally run three listings a day just from them, although that might seem a little weird. But um, so lots of great listings from them. They're signing a lot of Taxi members. And uh, yeah, um, in case I haven't mentioned it, we just brought on like, I want to say four, possibly five new screeners in the last six weeks, probably. So something like that um, great screeners really just unbelievably good screeners um, I just had a really nice phone call today with a gentleman that is coming over on Thursday to meet me who is gonna be I think an incredible screener um, and also really well connected in the trailer and TV promo world so I, <coughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he brings in um, some awesome relationships, which will result in listings. Very happy about that. Um, let's see. What? I have a question here. Oh, you have a question? Um, uh, Pierre Ven Venio uh, asks, is it realistic to make a five-year plan before making any su substantial money? Is it realistic to make a five-year plan before making any money? Yeah, absolutely. Um, every one of our members who is succeeding at a five-year plan will tell you that maybe they got lucky and made a couple hundred bucks or something the first year, and they were just thrilled to make any amount of money at all with their music. And then the second year, they might have made nothing, and they went wah, 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 wah. Uh, and the third year, they made a couple thousand bucks, and the fourth year, maybe like $4,257.16. And then the fifth year, they made like 10000 or 20000 So the bottom line is the five-year plan is expected to take five years for you to kind of find your stride. It's after the five years that you really start to see the regular income come in. Um, I saw uh, Peter Rahill said something about, can you guys change the forum back to the way it used to be? And the answer is sadly, Peter, probably not. Um, you have to upgrade the forum software every now and then. We get an unbelievable amount of people trying to hack the forum. Well, they're bots that are trying to hack the forum. So we have to install these updates that of course contain the security updates. And when we update that, this other stuff that we don't necessarily like comes with it. We all have that experience, right? You have something like in your DAW, you love your DAW the way it is, and then you do an update that's got a security patch in it, and lo and behold, what used to be in the lower right-hand corner is now in the upper left-hand corner. The blue stuff is red, the red stuff is purple, everything's a mess. We're trying to get the forum kind of back as close as we can get it, but um, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to suck it up. And I mean, if there are actual things that aren't working, please email Bria and let her know, and we will let the techie know. But we've got our main techie guy working on it and some guy that works under him in some faraway country like India that's actually a specialist on that type of forum. So we've got good guys working on it, but we are slaves to the forum software, sadly. Um, MTP Studios ask, uh, asks, Michael, do you have any new go goals for Taxi in 2019? Michael, do you have any new goals for Taxi in 2019? <sighs> you know, yeah, I've got s several things I can't talk about. Um, I will tell you that um, 
I'm extremely heartened that uh, Tom Stillwagon has been elevated to um, Senior Director of A&R and seems to be off and running, doing a really good job of running the A&R department. And we're really, really happy to have Brooke Ferry joining us on the staff. And we've been having lots of meetings and I think that stuff that I've wanted to do for several years, we are finally gonna get done. What that stuff is, I'm not gonna tell you in the context of the show because our competitors <clears throat> will listen and then they will go and try and roll it out before we do. I'm not gonna help them, I'm sorry. I love you competitors, but I'm not gonna help you. Um, one thing I really wish that we did better around here, and you guys would be really, really wonderful if you'd help us with this, is letting us know when you get deals. I was watching a movie last night, and at the I watched the credits on everything. Uh, anything that's got music credits, I will stick around and watch the credits. There were eight pieces of music in this big feature film with major Hollywood stars in it, <clears throat> that were all from one library. That's extremely unusual. And I looked up every one of those writers from that library who made it into that film. Every single one of them was a taxi member who no doubt met that library through taxi. And not one of those eight people bothered to say, hey, thanks to you guys, I got a song in a major feature film. Not one. So that's my resolution is to ride you guys ladies and gentlemen, and get you guys to start sending in your successes. Well, I got it through a library. Great. Did you ever do music for film and TV before you met Taxi? No. Did you know that library before you met Taxi? Probably not. Um, did you know your collaborator before Taxi helped you build a career? No. <coughs> so tell us. We need that stuff for the newsletter. And you know what? I'd like to shove it up the patooties of all the naysayers out there. Oh, I never hear about any successful taxi members. Really? Really, really, really? Come on. Um, send your stories to deals at taxi.com. There you go. Yep. Marion goes, what? They didn't tell you? Not one person out of eight. This was a major motion picture and only one library had stuff in there. Um, <laughs> Cass says guilty. <laughs> um, Scott, can you write these down, Bria? Scott Hampson says, I just got paid for an NCIS placement I had. It took a year to get paid. <clears throat> I mean, these are great things. Anybody else want to fess up while we're at it? Oh, this is a great question. James Cox, this is the, um, the classic question right here, and I'm more than happy to answer it for you. Why do we see listings that say desperately need a ton of tracks? They get a forward, and then they never hear from the company. You will eventually, if you're getting signed by them, you will hear from them. There's so many reasons this happens. I'm going to give you a couple. Number one, they say... Let's say the library gets uh, a request from a big supervisor that we need um, New Orleans type of music. We need Zydeco. And they run a listing with Taxi because they realize they've only got one or two Zydeco tracks and they're not all that good. And frankly, one or two in a whole library is not enough. So they run a listing with Taxi looking for Zydeco. Meanwhile, simultaneously, 
they sent the word to the two people that had Zydeco in the library already, and those people turned around Zydeco and got it to them, and they sent it out, and it got signed for whatever project <coughs> the person was looking for. But meanwhile, we still ran the listing. We still found them a ton of great Zydeco, undoubtedly better than what they already had in the catalog. We sent it to them. We get an email saying, great Zydeco. And it sits on their desktop in a folder until the day that they get another request for Zydeco and they get off their butt and they actually offer deals to the people who send in that Zydeco. That's just one of many scenarios that happens. Um, if you were at the road rally, uh, I did a thing with um, Frank Palazzolo, who's a music supervisor, does a lot of episodic dram dramatic stuff, big TV shows. Great guy, really hard work and really knows what he's doing. Um, another guy, Mason Cooper, incredibly knowledgeable guy. Um, Shannon Quisenberry, who um, pitches music to TV shows, etc. And all three of them talked about the fact that um, they hear stuff all the time that they love and they know that someday this might work in something. So they stick it in folders. Frank has dozens of folders of music by genres and subgenres sitting on his desktop. So if he gets music from Taxi and he doesn't use it because he's only looking for one song for one slot in that week's episode, but he hears a bunch of other stuff that he thinks is really good and thinks to himself, I could use that someday, he will just shove it in a folder. You haven't had to take it off the market. You can still pitch it elsewhere, but until the day that he gets a request for that kind of music again, did I spit in your face? Oh, Bree is wiping her face off over there. I thought I got her. Um, anyway, he will just park it in a folder. And this is why seven years later, sometimes people find out. Well, you know what? Write, submit, forget, and repeat. Because the more you make, the more places it is. Think of it like Johnny Appleseed put seeds everywhere. Some of them are going to sprout in the springtime. Some of them are going to sprout in the fall. Some of them are going to sprout in the summer. Some of them will germinate in the winter. There you go. That was plant talk right there. Um, but if the seeds don't get spread around, they'll never have a chance to grow. Will all the seeds turn into a tree? Nope, but some will. And that's what you got to do. Um... Michael, which department do we brag to when we get a deal? Um, deals at taxi.com. Yeah. You look at that one, right? Deals yeah, with, with an S. Deals with an S at taxi.com. Um, I think that's it. I think we're done. It's 527. We're finishing three minutes early. All right, in case we don't do anything next week, have a great Christmas, you guys. <clears throat> and maybe we'll do a little pre-New Year's Eve party um, online. Maybe at a weird time. Maybe we'll do it earlier in the day. Um, please post the email address to report working at 4.30 in the morning. Um, uh, which one did you want it at? Taxi TV at taxi.com, right? Yes. Okay. We will publish a list of people that actually get up. If you do that for four weeks straight, we will publish your name. 
Anybody, here's a trivia question. Um, anybody know how many weeks are in a month? Let's see if anybody gets this right. How many weeks are in a month? And don't Google it. <clears throat> Four generally. Wrong. 4.3. Tom Selden got it right. And if you've ever been through a divorce, you would know that. If you pay child support or alimony, you have to base it on a 4.3 week a month. Anyway, there you go. <clears throat> Thank you all for showing up and hanging out with me with a voice like a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> See you soon. And thanks for hanging out for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Bye, you guys. Woohoo!